Hello everyone, welcome to episode 26 of Film Reel, spon- sponsored by NRG Marketing. I'm joined by... Jess and Carla. And thank you very much for listening. And today I'm going to be talking about The Revenants. Jess, what are you going to be talking about? Um, I'm going to be talking about Carol. And Carla? I'm going to be, to- I'm going to be talking about Moulin Rouge. But first... The Hot Seat! Hot Seat, Terrier Time! Dun, 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 dun. Hot Seat! Today we are joined by... Uh, Karen. Yeah, we I'm haven't done this in a while, have yeah. we? No. I've, I've never done this before. Are you ready for some questions? Oh, now, I think oh. before we go into the questions, Kieran, say a little bit about yourself. You are a journalism student. What I, do you I do? I do, uh, I do the 8-Bit News podcast. Yep, with, that is one of our newer yeah. podcasts. We're so new. We're like the young brother of everyone else. Yeah. So. Oh, the annoying yeah. young brother, of course. Yeah, definitely. But of we're course. in an annoying institution. We're not annoying a laid-back institution. Very laid-back. Very laid back. affair. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, question one. What is your favourite genre of film? And in that filming, uh, like, genre, what is that favourite film? Um, I am a massive sci-fi fan. Cool. I love sci-fi movies, um, so that's obviously my favourite genre. And I'm currently wearing a T-shirt with the logo of my favourite film on it. Which uh, is? Jurassic Park. Nice. I love Jurassic I've seen it over 200 times. Have you actually? Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Count? Um... I saw it first when I was like four, mm-hmm. and I just started a tally of how many times I saw it, and every time I saw it, I put another like thing on it, and it's, it's over. just kept going. And you're, are yeah. you still not like tired of it? No, no. Because I've had films where I, there's like my favorite films I love, I love but I couldn't like, watch them again and again and again. Otherwise, could you like watch it once per day? Yeah. Do you think you could do that? When yeah. I was a toddler, I used to watch Bugs Life every day, three oh. times. I would. I had oh. Shrek on VHS. And yes, I did. I think. Um, and the road yeah. to El Dorado. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I had yep. Treasure Planet on VHS. Oh my god. Oh, Treasure Planet. Like, no, was I had amazing. that on DVD. It was yeah. one of the first DVDs I ever owned. Oh, Treasure Planet was so good. That, I have that on DVD. I've got that in my little. I collection. did, but it's. No, I can't. I had to throw it away because it scratched and it would just oh. skip. It just go like. Ka-dink, ka-dink, ka-dink. Nice. <laughs> so Jurassic Park is your favourite sci fi film. What did you think of Jurassic course. World? I loved it. I, I went to see it in the cinema eight times. I bought it on DVD. <laughs> Blu ray. And I've seen both the DVD and the Blu-ray once. Um, That's cool. I thought it was pretty good. I would say there was a little too much special effect in it. Now that I've got, now I've watched it again, I'd say I wanted more practical effects. Yeah, that was my biggest issue with it. But you can't argue that the camouflage scene wasn't awesome. That was. My dad didn't like it. Do you want to hear his reasoning for why he didn't like it? Okay, go on. Because Chris Pratt drives his motorcycle through the jungle and there are no bumps. It's Chris Pratt. Damn. The exactly. Move, the bumps move out of the way of his beautiful face. Yeah, that's true. The bumps they're not get in the way of Chris Pratt. <laughs> so, second question. Favourite actor? Um, well, as you've Alter already heard, I, I adore Chris Pratt. because I think we can all a, agree that Chris yes. Pratt's he's, amazing. He's amazing. But I... He's only been in three films that I really have like. There's only seen. he's he's only had like major roles in three yeah. films really. My I the other pick for me and the thing the one I think I'm going to go for is uh, Robert De Niro. That's I, a good choice. I, I think that Niro. was, was uh, so Harger's choice. He's so <laughs> good. Um, I just I I love him in almost everything he's been in. Yeah. Uh, apart from uh, the Meet the Parents 
He's yes. in that new. He's in that new film with Zac Efron as well. Yeah, yeah bad, bad grandpa. Um, bad gra- dirty grandpa. That's it. Yeah. Bad grandpa's a jackass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dirty grandpa, which yeah. just sounds. It sounds bad. It sounds really wrong. Sounds yeah. That's something you find in like the corner of the video store where no one really goes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, dirty grandpa. This sounds. Yeah. Do you know what freaks yeah. me out though? The other day, the trainer came on the TV, and my dad he laughed. Went, that that reminds me of me and my old man, and I was like, I do not need to think of granddad in that way. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it made me want to throw up. <laughs> I've got a worse one. I went to see uh, Star Wars in the cinema with my granddad, um, mm. and this trailer came on. And my granddad looked over at me and went, "So, how's about it?" And <laughs> you ready? <laughs> what? Your granddad no. just like has two tickets to Spain or something. Like, yeah. you ready for this? Yeah. You ready for this? Oh, here we go. <laughs> it was really weird. And speaking of favorites, what about your favorite actress? Um, this one wasn't as difficult. Um, Alicia Vikander. Um, you have just you, stumped the entire cast of film reel. Have you ever seen Ex Machina? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, whoops. She's did in that. any of you guys see The Danish Girl? No. Oh, she <gasps> plays the robot. She plays the robot in Ex is, Machina. Is she the blonde one in The Danish Girl? I believe so, yeah. She's so beautiful. I was looking at her this morning and I was like, oh. I was like, she's, <laughs> she's, she's There we go. We now have an official confirmation that Jess just looks at women in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Tweet that. Yeah. Just yeah. On Instagram, like, oh, women. <laughs> <So beautiful>. Women. <laughs> Just the whole of womankind. Yeah. No, but I love everything she's been in. I think she's a fantastic actress. I and mean, she was so good at I have to Machina. say, I hate, I really, 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 really disliked Ex Machina. I'm but just move over she here. was That's probably okay. the here. highlight of the film because oh, she plays so that good. robot very, very she well. She plays Ava so well. She does. That's probably the first actress um, we've had which hasn't been, like, she's well known, but. Not stereotypical yeah. kind of like oh I like her she's, except she's for Hargood yeah. who we, we didn't we didn't know anyone who was who it was, was like one? just people we didn't really know or uh, he was like mentioning films which we'd never heard of before mm. really. Well, really which is great though, but isn't it, that we reviewed Hargood's yeah. favorite film he has he has um a different he I think that was the most interesting one because I had no idea yeah. what he was talking we, about we we very rarely stumped are we someone knows something about you know something at least but that we were just sat yeah God yeah. like what. All right. But cool. next, final question. All right. You're on a desert island, okay. and you can take three films with you. Oh, that sounds like Which three films would this be and why? I changed my... Uh, I've, like, gone over this answer. Yeah, We've had, well, I wouldn't be the same as when we first started filming. Right, for the my first couple of weeks, I had... We did, like, what's our favourite personal films. Mm. I picked a couple. They've completely changed yeah. now. Mm. Like, my film... Because now we're just going to have to do a reboot, and, like, we're going to mm. have to do a hot seat for all of us again. And Should we do that scene? We'll do that right, scene. Right, yeah, sorry. Next, right, time we can't get, next time we can't get That's someone fine. in, yeah. we'll have... One of us three. Ooh, get ready for that, guys. Cool, cool. Yeah, get this ready so for that. so much more interesting than what I'm going to say. Film real reboot. Okay. Um, Go. It depends as to whether... Is there a DVD player to play these DVDs, or am I just going to be sitting there staring at them? You can take them with you, and there's a DVD player and a TV, which this is This island has electrical hookup, but oh, only for a screen. But only, f- only for that specific TV and DVD player, and the free All DVDs right. you have, so you okay. can't get off. Um... Well, obviously, I'd take Jurassic Park. That's cool. Because I want to get to over a thousand times watching that film. Um, I'm sure I'm I believe like in you. Yeah. I believe yeah. in you. <laughs> I want you to let me know when you do that. As well. <laughs> I will. Do we'll, it. we'll be 14. Yeah, Kieran pops up on Facebook. I did it. Just did like what? I'm, a thousand I'm times. just like an old man in a yeah. home, and you just come in. Oh, you just show me it, and I'm like nodding, like you've done it, haven't you? Yeah. And he's just like, and I'm like, I can, I can, I can go now, and I just close my eyes, and he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. That's fine. 
Yeah, no, Jurassic Park because, you know, the whole thousand times thing. Yeah. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Really? Yeah, I, I really love it. I loved it it's as well. It's my favourite Star Wars film. I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as I liked the originals. Or the I, prequels. She likes the prequels. I do like, no, right. If I had I to like rank them, three. I would go A New Hope. A Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny every time you say it. Because everyone like dies a little inside when you say it. Like, if I say it enough times, maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Revenge of the Sith! Revenge of the Sith! Revenge of the Sith! <laughs> anyway, I do hope Revenge of the Sith, then the other two originals. Yeah. Then I would probably go The Force Awakens and the other two prequels. Okay. Uh, going like two and then one. Because right. one was it. Yeah. Darth Maul was really cool. But he did stab himself, like, multiple times in that place scene. Mm-hmm. Like, seven times, I believe it was. He's got a Qui-Gon chin. I can't like him. He's the only person... He's the only human being on screen to ever kill Liam Neeson. That's true. Um, <laughs> wow. Right, yeah. move on. Move on. Um, look, um, it's good, because yeah. Liam Neeson can kill his own career. <laughs> Sorry. Boom. Boom. Taken three. Just saying. Um, uh, yeah, but my... I love Star Wars Force Awakens. It was a great film. Um, awesome. And my third film... Um... Acura. I don't know if any of you have ever seen yes, it. Yes, the anime. Yeah. That's completely hand drawn awesome. as well. Yeah. Wow. That's like one of the first big yeah. things to hit Western culture, I yeah. think, for a Japanese stuff. I, I bought it on DVD uh, last year and I watched it twice. And the entire time I was like, okay, can I spot like one line that's out of place? And I was like, no. It's just, <laughs> yeah. What have I done? I failed. <laughs> but it's so, oh, it's so beautiful to look at and it's so amazing. It's the background with my, my desktop on my like laptop. It's a really beautiful looking oh, it's film, so good. especially because yeah. I think I've seen the Blu-ray of it. Yeah. For some reason, that even when you watch it, even like most Blu-rays, when you see it in Blu-ray, it's a lot. It looks a lot better. But that yeah. film stood out. Yeah. So it's so much bright. The reason I'd want to take it is because I'd need to watch it at least ten times to try and figure out what the hell's going on. That's true. Just <laughs> because it's so mental, I don't really. I didn't. I still don't know what happened. <laughs> it's just sort of. That's oh, the best look, kind of film, though. Pretty pictures. But yeah, that's like, a bit like Enemy. You don't really know. Yeah, you need to watch that film as well. That that that'll one. mess you up a lot. <laughs> the end scene is, of Enemy will Enemy make you one, sit there going. Is, is Enemy the one with the giant spider in the room? Yeah. 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 I, that's the only. So thing whenever whenever I say that, people are like, "Is there? There's a giant spider?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, is it is." Movie, and then uh, you don't no. know. Like you watched it. Yeah. You have to watch all the bit before. Do and you then know you what? I was reading up on that after I watched it though. Sorry to go on another tangent, but it's actually based on a novel called The Double. Uh, but, but it's based off the double. Yeah, and it's yeah. about a guy with split personality. In Which was also, yeah. they also made uh, into an actual film with. Um, Did they? Yeah, by Richard Iowadi, the oh. guy, the guy from IT yeah. Crowd. Oh wow! Who really? directed wow. Submarine as well? He he made a film called The Double, and it's got Jesse Eisenberg in. We're oh, two wow. Jesse Eisenbergs. Je- Jesse Eisenberg. 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 Have I been pronouncing his name yeah, my entire life? Eisenberg. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um. As I said earlier, I'm reviewing Moulin Rouge today. And but before, I was thinking of changing it because we thought we had a horrible moment. We thought we'd already done this. So I was going to talk about how not great American Ultra is. And I've written Jesse, and it's E I S E N B U R G. And I was thinking, hmm, it's pronounced really strange. Maybe it's like Italian or something. No, no, I'm just saying it wrong. Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Hi, Eisenberg. I thought his name was Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> there was a silent I. Move on, move on. Move on that's move on. that's it. That's sort of question. So when yeah. when this is over, we're just gonna rip you a new one. Great, Essenberg. I'm very disappointed. I'm not gonna be here to witness that. Oh, that, yeah. that sounds 
very enjoyable. But thank you very much for joining us. That's my pleasure. Yeah. It's been amazing to come on here. So now we're going to have to... other people, you know, professionals do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The experience is so fun. different. Huge to... asterisks. This is so different <laughs> to 8-Bit News. Yeah. yeah. We're, like, so huge. nervous. We're just like... Um, well, all this stuff happened, and this that's what we were like when we. When oh, if you listen to yeah. our original podcast, I don't know how like, we have any kind of following. When Carla and I first, off. when Carla and I just started at first, it was just us like basically like, looking at the, like, like oh looking at the IMD page. So the plot of this story, I would just yeah. go down the entire oh, wow. cast, like screenplay by, <laughs> music by, no, and just, then no, this one's alright, but this one's a little wow. bit not. Yeah, I mean, I do do like reviews where I just tear like video games and hardware that's what I've done for an article which is coming out oh it's beautiful I did that on I did an article on um, Agent 47 you know the new Hitman movie what was that which was oh it was garbage (laughs) that's what it was complete and utter garbage they already tried it once and they they tried it once oh here's a good idea I'm going to try and make another film of a film which has not worked they tried it it once eight years beforehand (laughs) and it was garbage I saw that film and then I made the mistake of going to see the new one Yeah. and that was even worse it somehow made a bad film Awful. Even worse, like cringeworthy. That's Even impressive. Bad. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. It's almost as bad as the Transporter reboot that came out this year. Which what was, was that? Transporter, Transporter refueled, refueled. Yeah, which just, just killed didn't any have hope of anything else to do with the original. Yeah. Coming back to my so if you've uh, liked listening to this, yeah. you can check out Eight Bit News. If you liked my dulcet tones, yeah, go to 8-bit <laughs> and, and check us out. And thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, bye. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Carol, which is directed by Todd Haynes. Um, it got 7.6 on IMDb, and it came out at the beginning of this year, on the 16th of January, I think. Um, it features Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. They're like the two main leading roles. I keep getting confused between Carol and the Danish girl. Yeah, no, I keep no, doing that. <clears throat> You're going to have to explain to me the difference. Oh, I'm going to have to go watch The Danish Girl and yeah. Carol. Yeah, I've not seen either of them. So. And do well, an analysis on which one to I've watch. I've seen Carol, but I haven't seen The Danish Girl. But they're, they're, like, they're different. I mean, they're both... Yeah, they're different. They're different. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I just keep getting confused which one's which. That's all. <laughs> sorry. Um, and I love Rooney Mara. Is it Rooney Mara? I think. I, think I don't know. I her second name. I love oh, her. No, I'm not the, good with names. She's in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Is she the yeah, person first? she... Um, I've only got half through the way through that film, so the one with the black hair, can't remember really long film. Um, yeah, and it's, this film is actually an adaption of Patricia Highsmith's novel, um, *The Price of Salt*. And I didn't know that; <laughs> I only just found that out. Um, and the film kind of focuses on these two women, um, and one of them is Therese Bellavit and Carol, and they're both from completely different backgrounds. So Therese lives in this like little apartment, works in this little dingy store. And then Carol lives in this massive stately home, has loads of money, is like rich and luxurious, and instantly, as soon as Therese sees her, she just is captivated. Like you, she looks at her and she's just staring at her, and like they meet in this department store, and it kind of just focuses on them, like getting to know one another, building up their relationship, and like traveling together over Christmas because they're both alone, and it's such a beautiful film and. Like it's really heartbreaking at some points because you see Carol like struggling with her marriage and like with her daughter and stuff and like how she's being treated because she is um, a lesbian and like you see how people are like oh she can't be a good mother and stuff like that and it's like really heartbreaking but then at the same time I watched it and I wasn't that like impressed like I'd heard so many good things about it and I was really looking forward to it and I watched it and yeah it's really good but 
it could have been so much better. I'd mm. like. It's kind of like my vibe with completely different film. <laughs> I don't know why I'm comparing Carol to World War Z. <laughs> why are you comparing Carol because, to World War Z? Because I was so hyped for that film. I like that film. Because the book was really good. I've not read the book. I've the not book, read the book yet. Just going off topic super quick, because like, the fact that the book consisted of like these different diary entries around the world of what was happening in the apocalypse. So you get like a single mother like looking after her kids, but then you might get a military soldier, Hi. and then and it's really really so it's really well written. And then the film had so many like it just like the guy who wrote the book was at Comic Con and said I didn't even know this character they created and stuff. And it like revolves around a zombie apocalypse in the common some of the similar places that are in the book. But it's completely different, and yeah. it's such a good concept of an idea. I don't like it when they completely change things. Like I still haven't. This is again completely irrelevant. But I still haven't watched Allegiant because um they changed it entirely from the book. Yeah, from the trailer you can see how different it is, and they were talking about how they'd implemented Just something like, different from the plot to make it easier. I haven't. I was like, no, that's not what you do. Like um the last like two Hunger Games. No, I've Hunger not seen the last Hunger Games. I don't film. see the point because I prefer the book so much more. Yeah, and like you can see how much it's changed, and I don't. Yeah, I think when the one like it, it's changed to the extent it's not the same. Yeah. Or you can't recognise it. I don't think it works. Yeah. But just like I heard so many things about this film and everyone was like really excited for it. And like it was still really good and it was like very, you know, emotional and it was such a beautifully shot film. But I st- I felt like it could have been better, like there could have been they could have done more with it. Mm. Like it just it just wasn't like uh like it was missing something. Yeah. I felt like there was just something when I was watching it, it just lacked something that like I wanted, and like while it was yeah like it was still really good and stuff, and I still like think everyone should go and see it, but um yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are getting confused between this and the Danish Girl, because <laughs> they both came out really recently around the same time, but um Carol is like focusing on these two girls, and the Danish Girl is about is Eddie Redman who is focusing yeah on a girl to be, and a guy, and, and Eddie wants to be a woman. Yeah. Am I correct? He like first in the trailer, like you see that he like at first he like just dresses as a woman, but then he then starts his, getting accustomed. His to like her. wife or girlfriend, I don't know. Wife and then he, girlfriend he meets to, like, a man, doesn't Yeah, and then he starts dressing up as a woman and going out like that, and then yeah, like meets man and stuff, and like I think it's like, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Quite similar. But they're about sexual but kind of. Yeah. They're kind of like this. Like you're kind of finding. Yeah. Who you really are and stuff, which yeah. is kind of why. A lot of people are like quite pleased about these films because obviously you've got. Like, you don't have many films about transgender people. Yeah. You also, yeah, you don't have in a time before the modern period, so yeah, that's I, very. Different. I agree, and I like the fact that because first one I thought was really well done was the Imitation Game, where it was all about him kind of com- creating the first computer. Yeah, and the like war. The but the entire story kind of just revolved around the fact that he was homo- he was homosexual. I've not seen the imitation. And yet. well, the, the story behind it is the fact that um, he got. I mean, it's not really a spoiler because it happened in real life. So yeah. Yeah. he he got castrated. Yeah. Because because he was, it was gay. Illegal, yeah. And you think this man literally saved us from the war yeah and the way you repaid him was by literally making kind of forcing him to kind of not forcing him but kind of pushing him to a point where he killed himself that's crazy Mm. that's that 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 kind of just shows and like these two films as well I think the best thing about the films coming out now is the fact that they're really getting more 
I wouldn't say um, the Hollywood not risky. Not risky, but I think they're willing to take more personal matters yeah. and put I them into Hollywood a big is audience. Becoming much more open with displaying sexuality in a different way because yeah, like, uh, you know 10 15 years ago having a film like the danish girl or carol would have appalled certain people yeah, yeah now, people are much agree. more open yeah. to it and you know in the same way hollywood and the film industry are also much more open yeah. to like representing that on the cinema screen like we've never had these kind of like you know we, it's still in film and stuff but you don't really get this kind of representation you know of transgenders mm. and lesbians yeah. and stuff like that and like how they're treated by society and I think it's really good that at the moment, like, there's all these films coming out, like The Imitation Game, and like Carol and um, The Danish Girl, and, you know, they're, like, kind of raising awareness, and, because in this you do see, like, her being mistreated and being, like, questioned, like, is she is she a good mother, like, how can she be a good mother if she, like, is going to be with a woman and stuff, and it's, like, I think it's really important that these films are starting to come out and that people are watching them. And that, like, it's kind of, you know, changing how people think and stuff like that. I think it's really good. And this is film, like, you should definitely go and watch because, like, um, Sophie, like, absolutely loves it and, like, heard so many people talk about it and stuff. I just, it just lacked something for me, personally. Hmm. All right, so definitely go check that yeah, out. Speaking of Hollywood, um, the Hollywood press and uh, just break before we talk mm. about uh, our next film, some awesome news. Well, not awesome, just hilarious news. Um, so the Golden Globes were... I think last weekend yeah, I think so. something really funny happened did you hear some awesome news about it no. um matt damon won best actor for a comedy which was the martian oh the martian God, the martian has been voted by the hollywood foreign press as a comedy but oh, it's but not a comedy it's definitely no, comedic it's, it's not a comedy it's not though. a comedy All right to put it in a category with other films no, which are yeah, true okay, yeah uh, it's yeah. i mean like, yes, that film at the cinema. Well, I, I hate the Golden Globes. I but don't really like the Oscars either. But mm. really, a comedy? Really? That yeah. is pretty stupid. Um, I mean, it's hilarious, but it's not comedy. There's also so news that um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lady Gaga, won yeah. Best Actress for American Horror Story Hotel. And while she was walking, <laughs> you could see a Leonardo DiCaprio in the background pull going, like, pull her face, and, like, if point you've at her. Not seen it watch it he did give a statement afterwards though didn't he in an interview saying oh I just didn't realise she was stood there it made me jump hmm isn't this I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with him. I mean, really, Lady Gaga in American Horror Story. I saw one episode. It was rubbish, and she was terrible. So I don't like Lady Gaga. So Neither I don't do care. I. Um, and just before we move on, I think maybe we could talk about a few of the Oscar. That's what I was just about to bring up. Yeah. Call me pretentious. I hate the Oscars more than anything. They it's, are pretentious. It is, aren't they? Yeah, but call me pretentious for hating it. Yeah. Like I'm being hipster, fighting the crowd here. I hate the Oscars so much because last year they they scrapped Jake Gyllenhaal for Best Actor um, nomination mm. in Nightcrawler, was which was insane. In um, they didn't they didn't um, nominate the Lego Movie for Best Animated Film. Uh, I was like, what? I was yeah. like, Lego Movie was amazing. Um, this year their nominations, I think, are quite. I think they're quite good, but I don't think they're quite right, if you know what I mean. Uh, I there are they're... a lot of people boycotting this year because yeah. the entire um, actors' nomination have no... Um, There's no black nomination. ...range of ethnicity no, at yeah. all. They're all white. And I disagree with that because um, I think Matt Damon's nominated for The Martian as well. 
I think so. Mm. Don't get don't get me wrong. Uh, I might be wrong there, but that's just a point. But I would say there are some people in there who deserve an Oscar. I'd say, um, but Michael B. Jordan um, for Creed. Um, if you could do as the normal, yeah. um, it's like a, the next Rocky film, but it's based on Rocky being Sylvester Stallone being the trainer. Yes, and it's got rave reviews about being like really well done. It's kind of like taking it back to the original Rocky, where it wasn't just about boxing; it was kind of about family and yeah. growing up, which is why Rocky, the original Rocky, is really good. And Michael B. Jordan said, like, brought like one of the best um, performances he's ever done. And it, I mean, to do that after Fan Four Stick, well done. Props to you. Props to you for like cl- like climbing, like hanging on by an edge. Like, oh, I found four six pulling me down. I'm like, now nah, be in this like best film pick for the year. But um, apart from that, there was some pretty good nominations. Like, mm. I don't understand how um Charlie um Charlie's Theron. Yeah, she's not been nominated oh, she, for yeah, best. Was for those of you don't know, we're talking about the woman who plays um Furiosa in Mad Max. How she did not get. A nominee for best actress or best supporting actress, I should probably say, yeah. for that role is beyond me because the extent to which she went to make that role what it was is mad. Yep, that's true. M- mad Max. Yeah, yeah, mad Max. <laughs> um, Whilst Mad Max also won is being nominated for I think about around ten categories: it's uh, best best visual effects, best director, best picture, best I think editing. Spe- um, all that. That film was incredible, it though. Was. If it, I don't think it will win Best Film of the Year because it's pretentious, and they will probably give it to The Revenant, I'm saying, which I'll be talking about in a minute. Mm. But I think it might win. I want it to win Best Special Effects over Star Wars because as cool as Star Wars was... No, it has much better special it effects. It had pra- practical effects. Yeah, well, I mean, so. the stuff that was in that film was... It, like, like in when Star Wars, when something cool happened, I was like, cool. When yeah. something in Mad Max, I was like, oh, oh that was God, so yeah. cool. I want to watch that again. <laughs> It's the best bit in that film is when they have those big pogo sticks. Like they were, but well, you they know, were just poles. They were like, just. They, they were like. like it was like, like extended. Poles. What are the poles you call? Like, what are the poles called? Where you run? Volt poles. Vault. They're like those, yeah. but bigger. Yeah, and they then and then there's the bit. <laughs> they were the bit where where Max was on on one of them, and it was just a shot of yeah, him like going, ah! just like going across, and like you saw an explosion. He's like, oh, you. That was the best scene. The amazing thing was that most of the stuff that was on that film like was real. Like yeah, they. Like the bit where you see the guy, the blind guy, like jumping around in the air with a guitar that shoots fire was completely real. They made a guitar that shot fire, put a blindfold on this guy and made him jump around until he could do it. Jump, jump, jump around. I just think that's incredible because it's such an amazing film. I'm surprised no one died. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I am really Um, Also, I, I'm gonna come to this. I'll come to this when I talk about the Revenant. So that's all I want to talk about. For the Oscars, yeah. I will, I will, I'll probably, well, we'll probably give feedback on it once we've heard about what's yes. happening. The only yeah. difficult thing about talking about it now is that uh, most of the films for us, because we live in the UK, don't come out. Yeah, none of them until, have come out yet. Until Rune, they're like, that's not out. Jumbo, out. Um, not out. <laughs> so it's kind of hard for us to go. Yeah, I agree with these films that have been nominated or not. No, so not. yeah, so we'll come back to it after we've seen the films and our own recommendations. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about The Revenant, mm-hmm. which is directed by Alexander Di Anritu. I am butchered that name, but it's the closest I'm going to oh, get to I thought to you'd done that correct. really well, but that's probably yeah. just don't know what his name is. Um, and it stars really just Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom <laughs> just Hardy. Um, just them two. And nature. And nature. Um, I would, I would <laughs> talk Leonardo about... Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, and some trees. I'd talk about the other cast, but that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I would talk about the other cast, but really... 
they're in it, but there's not really much point about talking about them because there's so much more you could cover in this mm. film which isn't them. So, if for those who don't know, um, Inritu directed the best film of the year. Well, I mean, it was considered like it was not mm. voted best film of the year by lots of people, which was uh, Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I love I've that. I've not seen that. Film. I think yeah. it's a really good yeah, film. Bye. It's pretentious. <laughs> Just don't even roll your eyes because you've ca- you've constantly asked me to watch it, so don't try back out of this <laughs> one. I, I think it's a really kev- clever film. And just like Birdman, this film is so pretentious... But I don't care because it's but a fun film. It was a. Me- it wasn't fun. I thought it was a fun film. <laughs> oh I went up and I was like, "When well, no, I was a fun film." That was great. I meant Birdman. Oh, oh, okay. I was like the Revenant. It's Revenant. I got fun. up at the Revenant. I was like, "Whoa, watch, watch it again." No, um, it's oh, if you. Sorry about that, guys. I just need the table. It's it's, it's shot a lot differently, and obviously it's a completely different premise to Birdman. Um, just but a little bit. There are some similar factors, though, how it's shot, for example. But we'll get into that in a bit. Um, so the story is really behind. Leonardo DiCaprio um, who and it's this war going on between the Americans and the Pawnee if you don't know about that it's kind of like it was it's like a, when yeah. the it's when like the American, Americans like kind of you know decided to settle on like the Native Americans land mm. and stuff and like right if you've seen Parks, Parks and Recreations, Recreations it's set in Pawnee and you hear a lot about you know these Native Americans being killed and stuff and what happened and me and Jacob had just been like oh it's not real like that's a fictional place no it was real I was like oh they're just making a fake place one of the Native Americans finds this boy and he goes oh a Pawnee boy me and Jacob are like Pawnee what What's going on? Oh my god, it's real. <laughs> I, I was like, well, Chris, I feel... Chris I was Pratt like, just pops yeah. up and goes, hello. I was just like, I feel really uneducated right now. But um, it's... That's... You know why, though? It's because we're not Americans. We don't learn about American yeah. culture. That's true. Um, but that's kind of the background of it. The main story is really just about the American right side, really. So um, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, I'm not going to say his name because I will probably get it wrong. Um, he... Glass. I'll call it Glass. His okay. second name was... Everyone just called him Glass. Okay, so Glass um, had... Wait, is this who DiCaprio plays? Yeah. Okay. Who, he fell in love with a pawnee girl and had a son. And then the rest of the film is kind of them trekking back to this land with Leo and his son. And what happens is, I don't want to really give much away, but something happens to Leonardo DiCaprio where he's really injured and they might have to leave him behind. And Tom Hardy, he just wants to go home. He's sick out there. He's just done. He wants his money. He's not there for anything else. And like he kind of portrays Leo in a way by kind of leaving him there. I'm not going to give much more away of what happens, but he basically just leaves him there. And then the rest of the film is Leonardo DiCaprio surviving in the wild with nothing, trying to seek revenge on Tom Hardy. And it kind of shows these two perspectives, where, where Leo is and where Tom Hardy is in the film. So that's really the story. Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald. Uh, Tom Hardy Tom plays Hardy Fitzgerald. Plays. Right, so, first off, Leonardo DiCaprio, if he doesn't win an Oscar for this, I don't know what he's going to win an Oscar for. I don't honestly Guys, know. Guys, let's be honest. I, They're not going to give him one. It's a joke. I'm waiting for them to go, and the winner for Best Actor is The Bear in The Revenant. And like, The Bear <laughs> just gets all like, yes! And Leo's just like... I think it's got to the point where they're all like, all right, let's just not, not give it to him. Yeah, we we'll nominate him every year off. and not give it to him until um, he goes insane and murders people on screen. Yeah, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he should have won it for Wolf of Wall Street because I think he was, oh, he was amazing, amazing mm-hmm. in that. But that got boycotted uh, because everyone booed it at film festivals because it was really inappropriate. It was, but, it was um, very... It was super inappropriate. Yeah. But that's, it's a, that's why yeah. it's so but good. That's a yeah. Scorsese film. What you get? I mean... I mean, the... 
And then I think he should definitely win this because not only did like he literally sleep in a carcass for this, he actually he pulled a bear grills. Yeah, he. I mean, the stuff he went through um, in this film, he shows so many like different emotions throughout the film. He speaks most of the film in a different language, so props for him for learning like a completely different language for the film. That was great. Um, and the other character, Tom Hardy. Uh, the other character Tom, yeah. Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy plays Tom Hardy in Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fitz, Fitzgerald is just kind of like, where well, he kind of like, like that classic Tom Hardy where you can't really understand what he's saying. Well, so like, you know, know right, oh, yeah, boom, right. yeah, and then in, like man, but water, give me water, and you can't really understand. Or, or, That's like, in the, the only thing I didn't like about this film, the whole first bit. Like I'm like, what are they saying? And then you can't the, understand anyone. And in Cray, like, oh, I speak yeah. like that, and I'm yeah. like, I can't understand anything the man says, but I want to he hear him. Like, yeah. And I was like, like what? The sound of his voice just is he's Tom Hardy. So, so baritone. Just, you would just yeah. be like, you would all your skins, a hawk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, what is going on? I was like, it's, it's more painful to know I understood a completely. You're talking uh, like him now. I didn't know. What are you I saying? don't understand. It, I, it was worse that I understood a language which I have no experience in more yeah. than the actual language yeah. I know. Um, the other thing about this film is that the director took a lot of risks. For example, there are some shots in this film which you could only get at a certain point of the day where they filmed it at a certain time. Mm. And if they messed it up, everyone would be it. like, oh, let's just put special effects in. And he'd be like, no, I want the real thing. We're coming back tomorrow and we're filming <laughs> it again. And everyone's like, oh, I hate you in Rito. Like, and with all natural lighting and like... Yeah, there was no lighting. film lighting at all. Yeah, all, wow. the, all the lighting in it, there wasn't any extra lamps or lighting around. All done so by the sun. So, good job, sun. It must have been for those people filming it sitting out there in the snow no. for hours on end I'd get, I'd get and action why is the camera shaking yeah. <laughs> it's really cold it's freezing cold I watched it and I was like I feel like I need my coat on and I was like I feel cold Okay. the other thing about this film is it's the best looking film I've seen I haven't seen one film where I've like there's not been more effort into making a film look as beautiful as the idea behind it like the story and the ca- characters no this film is just really cool to look at like there's it was a point where it kind of overdoes it with all the shots like they there's a lot of shots of mountains and riversides and at first you're like ooh that's really pretty and then after a while it's like every five minutes I'm like alright I get it nature yeah. alright just show me what Leo's doing and then <laughs> like, I get it but there's not one shot in it which isn't shot they shoot it all the right angles to make it seem like the trees are like you're like there the mm. trees are huge like the surroundings are massive there's um, scopes of nothing i and feel like all the shots like it's just kind of getting across that point to you that like nature is like extremely powerful and you see the things he goes through and then like, like you're there. shown these yeah. like really like amazing shots of like lightning and stuff like that and like they're quite it's like quite scary and intimidating and like it just like kind of emphasizes that point like they're really gonna struggle like yeah. going through this because nature is so powerful the, the fact is most of the scenes with leo take place in very designated scenes it's not like oh, i'm here now now i'm here most of the, his scenes revolve around a, an area mm. so there's one part where he's just next to a stream and that's about a 15 to 20 minute part of the film and it's just about him like just coping in this one tiny area until someone comes along and then like he continues on and it's just the fact that it was really well done like if someone did this badly you'd be like I'm so bored I just wanted yeah. to like find Tom Hardy but you kind of 
once the film is over, I was like, I could probably sit here for another three hours and just watch Leo survive in the wilderness. <laughs> he is the most unluckiest man. To yeah. Me. Like, it, this sh- it, it should. It was like Leo, the most unlucky man in the world, because <laughs> most of the things that happen, you're just like, oh my, like someone just like throw him a bone or something. Oh <laughs> my like, like, god. He like, oh, there's a bit where. All right. He, yeah. I'm not going to. Is it the scene with the bear? No. Oh, am I? That's the Oh right, I didn't know that. I didn't see a trailer. But just like. Yeah, right. So this and isn't really a spoiler, but there yeah, is Yeah, that's in the bit. trailer. Yeah. Like, you're like, yes. Leo, right. And then there's a cliff, and he's like, oh man, and he jumps into a tree. And I'm like, and you're like, yes, he's going to get when he just falls off a cliff. And I'm like, God. Just throw him a bone. He loses everything. And yeah. He's like, no, he so, lost everything. Speaking again, of, there are, again, there are two shots in this film which are incredible. Like, I would say if you were talking about really well done, like if you're a student of film or something, you want to kind of analyse something really well. There are two shots, which I don't know how we're done. So the first one is at the beginning yeah. where the war's kind of just kicking off and like Birdman, it's all filmed in one shot. It was, I turned no to Jacob cuts. and I was like, Jacob, I was like, yeah. they haven't stopped filming. I was like, this is one yeah. shot. I was like, what's going about on? About a five minute segment of Leo going from one side of the woods to the other to get to these boats all just one complete shot no cuts no edits and the the same camera then like when he passes tom hardy then it starts to follow him That's and then you amazing. see that and it's like the thing with yeah. birdman was it the birdman made it look like it was all one shot and most of it was there were like three distinct acts but you could kind of see where they've edited so that they could have a break or like mm. they wanted to make it nighttime. So even though it all does look like one shot, it's not really. I'm pretty sure this entire scene was just it like was one shot. Because like it follows like one character and then they'll like interact with another and then it'll follow that character and then it'll follow another one and like it just kind of like moves around and like shows them, you know, making their way towards these boats and stuff. And it was just amazing. It's kind of like um for me, like all of Mad Max is pretty amazing, but the opening scene like the opening segment all the stuff happening when they go into like the tornado like the sand clouds and that whole segment before it yeah that's like your your mouth is just like whoa <laughs> that was crazy and like the rest of the film is all like that but that first time where you kind of see it you're like that was awesome that's the vibe i kind of got from this so i was like that was really cool and then the other scene i'd say and i have no idea how they did it was the bear scene so there's a bit where where leo is attacked by a bear which is why um like stuff kind of go that's kind of like the part of the plot which kind of makes everything else happen kind of unravel i've not I've, I have no idea how they did it i've cgi probably it real i like was literally like wait did they get did they, oh, get, they a, get a real bear, bear and the the reactions of leo and like how he like because you know bear's pretty strong so when you get whacked by a bear you're gonna fling across the floor and he does i'm like how did but, he just throw himself when when like the bear comes in and it's got three little cubs i was like oh, oh. and then like five minutes later like, oh god and you're just like, like oh, no. and it's like you just want it to end because it was it, like in a normal film a bear attack scene would probably be around two to three minutes this was really long i was what? just like in, in the end you're kind of just like please let him die yeah just let him die so i'm kind of <laughs> at this point i just want to i mean it's a really good story the acting in it is superb. Um, the way it's filmed is really well done. There are points where it kind of you're like, oh, come on, let's let's wrap it up a little. Um, but it is a really good. It's something you kind of have to watch and just understand. But this is kind of like a monument of filmmaking. Like the stuff, even though it might not be the best film ever, you can see that there are parts of this film which could be considered really well, like just like very creative and really clever. So definitely. 
check out the Revenant. Right, okay, so um, I'm going to start by saying Jacob has just left the recording studio <laughs> um, for our little, well, mine and Jess's little review of uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, I watched this film last weekend um, at the sort of recommendation of Jess after last week's podcast. Um, I should begin by saying I did not do my research appropriately last time because Ewan McGregor has been in tons of stuff recently that I just seem to have just completely missed. So, um that was wrong but um i've watched this and i can quite happily say that it has become an obsession and i have listened to the soundtrack of this little piece of cinematic history that will forever sit within within my heart for the past week non-stop it's amazing like you watch it i cried for an hour oh i watch it all the time like i love it if i have a bad day or something i'm like i want to watch a film and i'll watch moulin rouge and i'm like wait no i was like this isn't (laughs) isn't gonna make my day better and then i I didn't know it was sad you didn't tell me it was sad so it begins really really funny and I was like oh what is this this is mental um it's ba- directed by Baz Luhrmann and written by him um which is the same person who directed Roman and Juliet so if you've seen that you know sort of how mad Baz Luhrmann films can be they're and it, the kind of same like yeah very similar yeah. um and it's exactly the same I mean just to give you an idea this film in 2002 because it came out in 2001 won the Oscars for best art direction and best costume design and the costumes on the set are amazing in yeah. this film um, just to give you just sort of a rough idea of how mad this film looks. Um, but yeah, it starts off really funny. I mean, one of the very first lines of the, in the film is, and with that, a narcoleptic Argentinian fell, Argentinian fell through the roof, shortly followed by a dwarf dressed as a nun. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then it carried on and I cried lots. <laughs> and the whole bit where they're like drinking absinthe and then yeah. like there's Madonna and she's like, I'm the green yeah. fairy. And like dancing around. And the, do you want to hit, do you want to The first time I watched it, I was like, I was like yeah, what's, what's going, going on? on? That's exactly what went through my head. But do you know what's really funny about that scene though? That was originally going to be Ozzy Osbourne. Oh my God, <laughs> that would have been amazing. And like, I'm the green fairy. <laughs> and they changed it to, to um, Fingerbajiggy. Um, what's her name? Is it, no, it's kind of an oak. Yeah. Kind of an oak, that's it. But um, anyway, right. So this film um, stars Nicole Kidman as Satine, uh, Ewan McGregor, the god that man is, mm-hmm. as Christian, um, and it basically follows Christian, um, the penniless poet, um, who moves from England to, to Paris in 1899, and he, while he's there, in this sort of like year of madness that he sort of has to go through falls in love with Satine, and Satine is a courtesan at the Moulin Rouge. Um, for those of you that don't know what a courtesan is, it's sort of a posh word for prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can tell us all from the offset, the, uh, offset sorry, that this is going to be this is going to be sad. This is going to be one sad little relationship <laughs> they've got going on here. Um, and you're not wrong. It's heartbreaking, and I don't think I could cope with it. It was literally the saddest film I have watched since I watched Nowhere Boy. It is like. Is you just get to the end and you're like, yeah, no, you no. just can't cope with it. And the thing is, you know it's coming because right at the beginning of the film, the mm-hmm. first thing they tell you is like, oh, I was in love with this yeah. girl and then she died. Yeah, and you're and like, you've got you and McGregor all scruffy looking, crying, and I'm like, I can't cope with that. But, and then the film comes on and you like forget about yeah, that. Yeah, you forget. Yeah, and you just get it caught up in like all the songs the and stuff. Songs and then you get to the end, and you're like, wait, no, you're like, she's gonna die. And it is so so sad. And I'm like, oh, I can't. But um. Yeah, it basically follows the story, like I was saying, of Christian and Satine, and he falls in love with Satine, but Satine is his courtesan at the Moulin Rouge, and she is the sparkling diamond of the Moulin Rouge. She is the one that every man wants to spend his money on. Um, And the Moulin Rouge itself 
is um, sort of run by this man called Harold, Harold Zidler, who's played by um, Jim Broadbent, who plays um, Slughorn in yeah. um, Harry Potter, probably where you, most people would know him from nowadays. Um, so I've only ever seen him in that. So to me, he's this jolly old bloke. Yeah. And he's not much different in this either, is he? No, he's still a jolly, still old, a jolly bloke. old bloke. It's great. Um, but he runs the Moulin Rouge... And they are looking for money in order to make the Moulin Rouge into a theatre. And this man called The Duke, who's played by um, Richard Roxburgh. Yep, Richard Roxburgh. Um, he, is, he plays The Duke and he's this person who can bring this money in. But in order to do that, he wants Satine for himself. Um, so you get caught up in this horrific little love triangle where you've got Satine and Christian secretly running off together while she pretends she's in love with the Duke and but she oh no I can't be with you not until opening night of the play and it's like oh go you go girl you take <laughs> and then it's all really sad and it's like oh right mm. um, and because it's a Baz Luhrmann film what do you expect from Baz Luhrmann you expect Jean Lagazemo. I don't know how on earth you pronounce his name. Um, plays Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet, and in this he plays um Tulaus. Yeah, Tulaus. I don't know how to pronounce his like second part of his name. No. The names are a little bit mad because they're French and stuff. But um, what is really interesting is that Baz Luhrmann wrote the script for Moulin Rouge and the screenplay, um, based off of the journals of. Toulouse, who's a real who's a real bloke back in you know the 1800s, who was a painter in the Romantic period and visited and painted for the Moulin Rouge, and it's all about all the things he saw while he was there, and that's sort of the inspiration that Baz Luhrmann came up with for this film. I really want to read these journals, but I can only find them in German. Oh my god, it's a nightmare. It's on Amazon in German for like ten pounds. I'm like, I might just learn German <laughs> just to read. Oh, just to read, just to read Toulouse's journals. But, you know, but this film, oh my god, I can't get over it. It hurts to it think hurts. about. It makes one and cry. like, my favourite thing about it is that, like, all the music in it, uh, like, songs. Yeah, they're all songs. relatively so, modern songs. Um, my favourite song in it is Roxanne. And oh, there's an actual yeah. song, Roxanne, by The Police. Um, and it's, like, and it's amazing. And, like, you've got... Like Diamonds are Girl's Best yeah. Friend. Um, you've got like Nirvana in there. Yeah, the very, very first, like one of the very first songs that you hear is a rendition of Nirvana's. Um, is it smell? It smells, it smells like, like Teen Spirit. It's just because obviously they're in they're in a brothel. Let's be honest, it's sort of a vamped up brothel, and there's these blokes in top hats and tails singing, "Here we are now, entertain us." But like, oh, it's almost like opera, isn't it? It's yeah, like, and like, because I made now. Jacob watch it, it's and then great, he like heard it, and he was like, "Wait, it's the yeah." I, like, I wasn't expecting that, and I was like, "Yeah." Then, but the, my favorite song in the whole thing has got to be the elephant love medley, right? Oh, it's stood so on top good. of this elephant where Satine entertains certain guests, and um, he, Christian basically turns around, and he's like, "I think I'm in love with you," and she's like, "Uh, no." He's like, no, seriously, just give me one night with you, please, and I'll show you how much I love you. And she's like, no, you can't pay me, ha-ha. And then he basically begins to sing all of these modern love songs in one massive, like, compilation. And it's brilliant. Um, he does a rendition of Bowie's um, Yeah, so heroes. you've got, like, heroes in there. Yeah, um, and, I mean, and the beginning and opening like song other songs in there. is Nature Boy, and that's by him as well. Yeah. does not sound like him, though, does it? It's brilliant. Um... Yeah, this film is absolutely amazing. I can't get over it. Like, it's really oh. weird. Like oh, you watch it and you're like, oh my yeah. god, it's so weird. But like, 
it's like it's just amazing and like you fall oh my god you fall absolutely in love with the characters yeah. you can't get over it and I mean I like I'm not gonna lie to you the only no- thing I've noticeably ever seen Ewan McGregor in is the Star Wars prequels he is my Obi-Wan Kenobi now nope he's not Obi-Wan anymore he's Christian and I love him and I was like, I am in love with 20-year-old Ewan McGregor. And I it's feel really sad like because I've seen him. 20. He's There's... like old enough to be my dad. And that's sad. <laughs> Basically, let's be honest. There's something else that... Um, wait, I'm just searching it. Something that I've seen him in that I was like... Oh, yeah. He's in The Impossible. Yes, yeah. He's also in um, The Island, which is a brilliant film. Train Spotting. Yes, he's in Train yeah, he Spotting. Is in That's spotting. it. Um, I've never seen that or read the book. Oh my god, Train Spotting is mm, amazing. Yeah. Um, I was going to watch it ages ago, and my dad was like, no. Yeah, um, if you're thinking about watching Train Spotting, do it's get very, your parents' permission yeah, first. Yeah, it's a very, a very, very, very sensitive film. Yeah. Very sensitive film. And I mean, even the book is supposed to be really. Well, I read the first page of the book, yeah. then I had to give up because it's written in this. It's, like, written as in, like, how they'd speak it, because they're, yeah. they're from up north. They've got these yeah. like really strong accents. And the first page, all I got was that some man had goat AIDS. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, I was like, I've got, I've got to give up. And I just put the book away. I was like, not doing it. Yeah. And But the, it's an amazing film and stuff, mm. yeah. But no, um, so, um, basically, another film that Ewan McGregor was in that is really brilliant is The Island, I think it's called. And I saw this film. It was just on TV, and I happened to watch it. Um, and he plays the lead actor with Scarlett Johansson as the lead female role and it's about it's set in like a future but it's where all the celebrities have clones and the clones don't know that they're clones and these two and Ewan McGregor like they all they're all really conformative and they're like oh we live they live like in an underground base and they don't know that there's an outside world basically and like and then Ewan McGregor's like no mate there's something there's got to be something else there's something going on here this is not right and he gets out and someone helps him escape with Scarlett Johansson and they realise that they're these clones for the celebrities and he goes and meets his celebrities there's two there's two Ewan McGregors right (laughs) at this point what the hell and then he's like can you help me? And he's like, but you're my clone. I need you if I die. Like, if I have a heart attack, I need your heart. He's like, that's my heart. You can't have it. And it's basically this massive fight of getting these clones their own identities and releasing them, like, into the world and letting them live. But what's brilliant about it is where they are clones and they're only really needed for their parts, they are educated like their children and they don't really know what they're doing. They don't understand anything. So you've got Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson as adults... In an adult world, with the mindset of children, it's brilliant. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. It's a really good film. It's got terrible reviews, but I thought it was a really good film. Anyway, I'm going off topic. Um, but yeah, in this film, Nicole Kidman's performance and Ewan McGregor's performance is absolutely amazing. Like, I don't think anyone could have played the roles like they do. Like, oh, it's so no. good. Um, and... Um, Ewan McGregor's voice is just perfect. Oh, I didn't know he could sing. I didn't know he could sing. And he just belt the first time you hear him, he just it, it's at the beginning, they're talking about the sound of music as if they're writing it. And they're saying these random things like the uh, the mountains are full of life with joyous applause and he's like, um uh, uh, and they won't listen to him and all of a sudden he just goes The hills are alive with the sound of music and they all look at him like and I was doing the same expression. I was staring at the computer screen going... And you're just like, oh, he can sing? You have a voice and you can use it well. <laughs> that was my reaction. And then he like, starts singing other songs and they're all lovey-dovey songs. And I was like, oh, I can't cope. And it just, you just fall in love with them all. And it's really... 
And there's a brilliant line that runs all the way through, which is the greatest the greatest thing you will ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna live my life that way. <laughs> that is how I will live my life from now on. With that mindset. But yeah, um definitely, definitely go and watch this film because it is absolutely fantastic, especially if you are a fan of musicals. Mm-hmm. Because this is quite honestly my favourite musical now and I'd say possibly one of my favourite films. If I had to pick my top three, it would definitely it's, be in there. It's one of my favourite films. If I was on that desert island, I'd be there. I absolutely love it. It's amazing. Yes. Right. Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Have a watch. Um. So, should we go Jacob Hill I don't know. Should we, should we just end it without him? We'll just leave Jacob on. <laughs> should we just do it? Right, so thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Um, so you said it right the first time. Yeah, Jacob always says thanks for watching. <laughs> and it's like, you can't watch this, you listen. But yeah, thanks for listening and don't forget to go check us out on iTunes, YouTube, our website and all our Twitter, Twitter profiles. Um, and thanks again to NRG Marketing yes. for being our sponsors. And, and we will be back in a fortnight with some more awesome films. Um... What's the date in a fortnight? It'll be the beginning of February, I think. Okay, never mind. When is the Oscars? Is it the end of January or the end of February? I'm not quite sure. No, it's one of the two. We will either be back with more Oscars news or we won't. Who knows? (laughs) So, thanks for listening again, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. We're in a fortnight. We're in a fortnight. Bye. Bye. Bye.